Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As we drove into Lviv today, this is what we saw. On the right, a sign welcoming us to Lviv. On the left, a massive sign that reads, Russian occupier, go F yourself. Love it. Might as well say that. Is they're going to come into your town and uh, rape women and uh, torture people and uh, whatever, all the most horrible things you can possibly imagine in your head. That's what the Russian soldiers have been doing town to town for the last month, it would appear. And we're about and to hear. just executing every civilian they see. Yeah. Uh, and so um, the question a lot of people wonder is, was that the plan going in? Is this a military, uh, you know, frustrated, undisciplined military going rogue? But, you know. No, I could be undisciplined and go rogue. I wouldn't do those sorts of things. How do you even get soldiers to do that sort of thing? What you know, what been... what bit by bit training did it take from when they joined the military or are forced to join the military as eighteen year olds that get them to where you can torture and kill a human being? It's just astounding. You know, there are plenty of cases in history where your humanity just gets chipped away bit by bit, and you find yourself doing things you'd never imagined possible. It's horrible, especially if you have the approval of the authorities in charge, which, whether it's the rape of Nanking or uh, or the situation in, in Bucha, Ukraine, there's no, there's no, I tell you what, why don't you scan Russian-speaking media today and look for the story of a uh, Russian, Russian sergeant accused of uh, prisoner abuse or war crimes. Uh, you know, for all of our sins as a country, when everybody found out about Abu Ghraib or whatever, there was a penalty to pay. Do you remember there were special forces guys who were hammered for taking a photograph next to a Taliban guy who'd been killed? Yeah. Because that's ungentlemanly. Tell you what, we're not playing with the pussycats here. The Russians are brutal. Yeah, I have some thoughts on that, but let's hear a little bit more from uh, the report they had on Jake Tapper's show yesterday, a reporter that was, that's in the country, Phil Black. Where possible, ID is checked. And where necessary, bindings are removed. Their clothes, their belongings, and in some cases, their restraints all indicate these people were a threat to no one in the moments before they were killed. In normal times, Vladislav Minchenka is a painter. Now he collects bodies. This one was carrying potatoes, he says. You can see they're all civilians, and snipers shot them all in the head. This is how they were having fun. And I forget which uh, the newscast I was watching last night where they, uh, oh, it was Richard Engel with NBC News going down into the basement of some home where they'd had a whole bunch of people there, obviously for a very long time, Torturing them for some reason over a long period of time before they killed them. Uh, I mean, just the worst stuff you can imagine. And, you know, I was asking the question, how did, how did these soldiers get this way? I unfortunately have read a lot about this. I still can't believe it happens, even though there's all the evidence throughout world history that it does. But if you've never read the book, The Rape of Nanking, it is it's it's worth a read just to understand humanity. It's not a, a fun read. It's not a breezy summer book. But uh, the thing that always stick out in my mind is this is a, a, the the, uh, the Japanese going into China and just, well, doing the sorts of things the, the Russians are doing to the Ukrainians now. On, in World very War II period, right? Well, 1939, I think, pre-World War II. And... Uh, uh, Pre-America's World War II. Correct. Um, 
And uh, one of the Japanese soldiers had gotten to China and seen what was going on and thought, what is wrong with these people of his own military? I mean, other people who are in his military, what is wrong with these people? The way they're just so lightheartedly torturing and killing all these people. And then he was there, and it was a short period of time. Within months, he looked at himself in the mirror, and he was doing this sort of thing now, looked at himself in the mirror and realized he had changed. He could tell by just looking at himself in the mirror that he had changed, and now he was just exactly like them in a short period of time. He had just... There's something with human beings that you 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 will do what other people around you are doing. That's just the way we're built. It's 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 yeah. part of our survival mechanism. It's part of what has made us successful as a species. But it's you know it, it's it's an instance of something that has helped us survive that's working against us. I guess. Um, and in the same way that we uh, we like sweets, but um, and there's a natural reason for that. But if we're given too many of them, we get you know sick and fat and diabetes. Um, we 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 do what other people around us. But if people are doing really really horrible things, we do really really horrible things. Apparently, I mean, all the mm-hmm. evidence is there throughout history, and that any anybody listening right now, you think you're not capable of that? I think I'm not capable of that. But apparently, we are. Which is all. I'm reminded of various uh, political questions domestically going on right now, and it seems to me that there are certain, um, you know, political cultures that refuse to recognize that there are predators, that there are people who are not humane, that there are people who are lazy, that there are people who make terrible, terrible decisions. And refuse to take responsibility for their own lives. And granted, that's the brutality of war is rather an extreme example of what Homo sapiens are capable of, because we're capable of from unimaginable beauty and kindness and, and gentleness to horrific brutality and all points in between. Um, I think there are a lot of one of the reasons we have cities utterly clogged with bums and junkies is there are certain uh, you know segments of society that, as you put it, believe everybody's always trying their best. There are no lazy people, irresponsible people, uh, brutal people, etc. And so if somebody's down and out, we must take other people's money and possessions and give them to the poor down and out people. It's kind of a tangent, but I think it's related. So that uh, that massacre that was going on in China it was 37 through 38. I knew it was pre-World War II. It, and, and it's it's you know, and the world was not paying attention to how awful the Japanese were. Before they started expanding their wanting to do that to everybody. And uh, similar would be with, with Russia. They did this very thing in Syria. But I guess the world was, a, you know, well, it won't happen to me or it won't happen anywhere else. Or what are you going to, mm-hmm. well, for whatever reason, we talked about it a lot. But for whatever reason, there wasn't the outrage and, uh, and, not, and not the warning. Just like there wasn't the warning with the Japanese going into China in 37, 38. That a country that will do this is capable of doing it to other countries and and might have their eyes on grabbing more land or whatever. And and as recently as, like, what, a month and a half ago, when a lot of Europe, and to a certain extent President Zelensky himself, didn't believe that Russia would actually come into their country. Right, right. You know, you're certainly reminded of the German uh, 
the Nazi regime in the late 30s, what they were doing. Granted, they did a little better job of covering it up than the Russians are right now, but part of it was just you didn't have uh, 24-7 news, everybody's got a camera, that sort of thing. So there was still uh, a lot of doubt that what was happening in Germany and the areas they took over was actually happening. But, uh, yeah, I think you make a great point. We watched Russia do this to another country and thought, well, surely they wouldn't do it to other countries. I mean, that's just how stupid is that? Yeah. So President Zelensky was actually visiting um, the areas where all of this horror has been happening, and he was there yesterday. Ukraine's defense ministry released this video of another basement in Bucha. A CNN team visited the site and saw five dead men. Their hands were tied. Most were shot in the head and legs. President Zelensky came to Bucha and walked its streets, saying... It's very difficult to negotiate with Russia when you see what they have done here. And they're denying it. They are blaming uh, it's a false flag operation. Uh, With the help of the British intelligence, the Ukrainians have staged all this to try to make the Russians look bad. Um, Sure. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that we have to go to any lengths to prove it, but we are, and the New York Times, among other outlets, have uh, done a really good job with getting satellite photos to show the bodies um, and the timelines and everything like that to help prove that it was the Russians, but we all know it was the Russians. Did you see the picture? I retweeted it of uh, President Zelensky, what he looked like before the invasion and what he looks like now, how he has aged through this. And, mm-hmm. of course, you would. I, I can't even imagine how he's holding it together every day, along with all the other Ukrainians. But uh, Well, speaking of the things that human beings are capable of when they need to. So amazing courage and steadfastness. You know, uh, back to the Russian uh, denying that it's happening. Just absolute garbage. Ian Bremer the other day on his, his Twitter account paraphrased Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great, uh, you know, Soviet writer. Well, he wasn't a Soviet writer. He was a victim of the Soviet Union, but he he wrote bravely about the Soviet Union. Uh, And he he said, roughly, we know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know that we know they are lying. And we know that they know that we know they are lying. And still, they continue to lie. The idea being, once you establish a culture like that, truth is irrelevant. You can't use the truth as a tool, as a weapon, as an indictment. Uh, you can't use facts. You can't use logic. Uh, totalitarian regimes find that very useful because what, what are you going to? Res- how are you going to explain to them why their policies are flawed or they're corrupt or whatever if the truth isn't available to you? It's a incredibly brutal, brutal and cynical tactic. But the Russians, uh, they got it down. People smarter than me, including the Wall Street Journal editorial board with a big piece today on why we need to call these war crimes, why they need to be prosecuted uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, People smarter than me seem to think that does some good. I guess it does to not normalize it. I hope it I hope it does some good. Um, Putin's going to stick around as long as he can. uh, And they'll never figure out these Russian soldiers that that did this, I don't think, but. Um, I'm all for calling them war crimes. What the hell else would they be? Well, yeah, calling them out seems, you know, weak sometimes or, or not useful, but not calling this stuff out, that sounds horrifying. Oh, one other thing is when did we decide we were going to show this many dead bodies on television? Did it just take an event like this? Um, I don't remember ever seeing this many dead bodies on television. I, I I had been watching a fair amount of the war stuff with my son early on because he's really into world history, and this is a 
historic moment we're living through. But I, I can't flip on the TV now. I mean, it's just too freaking gruesome. I mean, you, you flip yeah. on CNN, they, they lead with mutilated bodies laying in the street and with the camera right there. You, what, do, what do you think yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah. Think it's a good idea, or does it desensitize us, or does it help us realize what's actually happening? I, the latter. I think it's necessary. I think it's terrible, but it's necessary. I, I would definitely err on the side of if I were, you know, the uh, editor in chief of a newsroom or something. I would err to the side of making sure people get it. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Well, it it has an emotional effect on you when you see the pictures and the videos. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. I, speaking for myself, I'm not desensitized. I'm just horrified. And these reporters, you know, I hope they don't lose their ability to, uh, to, to, to to function as human beings. I was watching Richard Engel go down in that basement and seeing what he saw and thinking, dang it, you've done an awful lot of this in your lifetime, seen a lot of these scenes. What does that do to you? Oof. So on a lighter note, because everything's a lighter note, uh, domestic politics-wise, a growing number of domestic senators are calling the White House. Uh, domestic senators, Democratic senators. Helps if you use the right words, idiot! Uh, a growing number of Democratic senators are calling the White House and saying, Psst, hey, your immigration policies are going to get us all booted out of office. Fix it. Hey, and don't we have some good uh, old man Biden and Kamala Harris rambling? We have some oh, of that, too. right. We do indeed another giant family-sized word salad from everybody's favorite incoherent rambler, Kamala. Stay with us. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. She always holds our military and their families in her heart. And that is not hyperbole. That's real. And I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as First Lady with Joining Forces Initiative. She started with Michelle Obama when she was Vice President and now carries on. All right. Uh, was he calling Michelle Obama the vice president or his wife the vice president? I think he was su- suggesting that Dr. Jill Biden was the vice president at one time. Neither are correct, um, but whatever. <clears throat> Fact check. Um, so I neither were. I haven't heard. <laughs> I haven't heard this. I don't want to oversell it. I'm told it's Joe Biden once again claiming he was a truck driver. Surely he doesn't in this clip. Surely he does not because that has been debunked multiple times over decades. That he was ever a truck driver, so let, 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 I, I haven't heard this. Let's go ahead. I got a commercial license because my dad used to run an automobile agency, and I used to have to go up to the body shop up in Philadelphia from Wilmington. And so during the trucker strike years later, when I was a young senator, I was a, there was a guy who uh, ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio, and he. Uh, he called, he said, Big Ten wanting to come in. I forget exactly how he said it. And the, and the only woman truck driver I ever knew I met that day, she said, this is Big Mama, no room. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. Swear to God. He said, he said, I've got a United States senator driving my truck. She said, I got the damn president of mine, so what? <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was a very powerful guy. Anyway. Wow, no, I, I I didn't follow it. I didn't. Either. I don't know what he claimed. Who's claim? Who's Stan? <laughs> what to home? 
<laughs> um, going back to last June was the most recent time where he said, I used to, he was at uh, some the, the warehouse or something like that. And he said, I used to drive an 18-wheeler man. 18-wheeler man. He talked about, I, yeah, I used to drive 18-wheelers. And then the White House was asked about that. Where When, when did Joe Biden, when was he driving 18-wheelers? And the White House could present no evidence that Joe Biden ever drove an 18-wheeler. And then going back through other times, he said this throughout history. Apparently, once from a photo op many years ago, he rode in a truck like in the seventies to for some other political reason, but he's never been he's never been a big we and you know a big truck driver, and uh, yeah. but he's been telling that story forever for like forty years. And this version, I don't know what that was with the big mama, and I don't know did he drive or ride or wanted to ride, and she wouldn't let him because your ass was too big. Or I didn't follow the uh, the whole story, but that was actually yeah. an episode of BJ and the Bear. <laughs> Oh, and he saw it, and because he's old, he thought it was him. He is really into, you're just kind of being nice to the old guy telling a story territory. And we got to get to the Kamala clip now if we're going to get to it. Uh, This is Kamala explaining why. Well, we'll let her explain what she's explaining. Vladimir Putin should no longer be the leader of Russia. Do you agree? Listen, I think that you, you frame the point quite accurately and well, which is... America's policy has been and will continue to be focused on the real issue at hand. I was in France before that speaking with heads of state about this issue among many other issues but most recently about this issue and I will tell you in sitting down with prime ministers and presidents often the first thing they would say to me is thank you to the United States oh, and this yeah. administration for bringing us oh, together. She never please. ever says anything ever. One sentence, please, where the beginning has anything to do with the end. <laughs> Just once. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Republican investigators say President Biden's son and brother were cutting multi-million dollar deals with business officials connected to China's military. The top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee says that is potentially a major national security issue. What's concerning to us is, uh, is there any sort of uh, uh, blackmail opportunity uh, for China against uh, the United States because of those close working relationships? So the whole Hunter Biden laptop email influence peddling thing continues as an investigation. The New York Post had yesterday that the Hunter Biden grand jury, one of the witnesses was asked about the whole who's the big guy from the emails thing. And they got into that conversation. Now, I got to, uh, to be fair, I have to say there were all kinds of stories like this about Trump and Russia every day for years that the liberal media ran with that didn't turn out to be true. Right. So when there's leaked testimony for a grand jury about something that looks exciting, I I, uh, I take it with a giant grain of salt. Because how many times was I told by Brian Williams on MSNBC, leaked jury testimony shows that the days of the White House, the Trump White House, are numbered. I mean, I heard that every day for years, and none of it turned out. Right. On the other hand, I don't know that you can compare Chuck Grassley, whose voice we just heard, with Adam Schiff. 
I mean, for instance, in terms of being a man of substance, I mean, for one, uh, Grassley's a, a Civil War veteran, so he deserves your respect on that level. Right. How I, freaking old is he? I only speak to the whether the, whether this is going to affect Joe Biden, whether it gets to him or not part. The Hunter and Joe Biden's brother, I think, are dead ducks. I mean, I think that is done. It's just a matter of dotting I's and crossing the T's on whether or not Hunter and his uncle were profiting off the old man in a way that they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I was going to do something else, but uh, the whole CNN thing. Uh, remind me of that. I'll get back to that in a second. But I, I was thinking about it. I find myself wanting to hear the Kamala clip one more time. Because you hear it the first time, and it's just so befuddling. Because you, me, we all had the same reaction. It like It's frustrating. It's tiring because you're trying to understand it. I'm sure your boss has habits that you hate, and you wish somebody could say to them, look, whenever you do blank, it makes everybody crazy. But who's ever going to say that to the boss? I'm amazed that somebody can't say to Kamala Harris, you've got to just go subject predicate, no semicolon off into the wilderness asides. You just you got to stop doing that. Nobody can follow what you're saying. But so the first time you hear one of these Kamala tapes, it's frustrating for the listener because your brain is just cramping trying to sort it out. But the second time, the second time you can just relax and enjoy it (laughs) as the absurdity that it is. Michael, give us 68 again, please. Vladimir Putin should no longer be the leader of Russia. Do you agree? Listen, I think that you you frame the point quite accurately and well, which is. America's policy has been and will continue to be focused on the real issue at hand. I was in France before that speaking with heads of state about this issue among many other issues but most recently about this issue and I will tell you in sitting down with prime ministers and presidents often the first thing they would say to me is thank you to the United States and this administration for bringing us together. Is she writing the rough draft of a thousand-word essay that she forgot was due tomorrow? I mean, that whole point about this issue, we've been discussing this issue and many other issues, (laughs) but in particular... This issue, right. which is an issue to all of mankind, right? Four hundred forty-two words. I'm not even halfway there. Yeah. What? What? So, so, what makes her do that? How? How did she get as successful as she is when she talks that way? Or is it new because of the spotlight? I, I don't know. It's just. It's. Uh, I got it's a weird. text. Got a text a couple of days ago. I've made reference to this from a friend, uh, who 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 worked on a professional level with Kamala. And he said, Joe, do you remember when I kept trying to tell you how dopey she is and you wouldn't believe me? Do you believe me now? (laughs) Yes, Al or Aileen Anonymous, yes, I do believe you now. So you think it's just a not particularly smart person trying to come off as smart? That is what it sounds like. It sounds like me in a ninth grade speech that I'm (laughs) ad-libbing. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely true. Yeah, it's amazing. And she's a heartbeat away, a very feeble heartbeat away from the presidency, which is a <laughs> hell of a situation to be in. I'm glad you're amused by it. So uh, getting back to the whole uh, CNN thing and whether the reports of the laptop are actually as substantive as they seem, which is a fair point. 
Um, because we heard the Russian collusion lie for, for, you know, years and so much of it was just fake. And please don't throw Paul Manafort at me. Paul Manafort was working for Paul Manafort. Anyway, uh, Chris Wallace famously just left Fox News, where he was the host of uh, Fox News Sunday. Was that the name of it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for, for years and years and years, very respected, uh, seen as an even-handed journalist. And, and he left Fox News, and, and I'll, I can read to you why, um, in this piece written by uh, David Harsanyi, who's with the, uh, well, he writes for National Review, which is obviously a conservative publication, but um, why did Chris Wallace leave Fox News and move to CNN Plus? Quote from Wallace, I'm fine with opinion, conservative opinion, liberal opinion, but when people start to question the truth, who won the 2020 election? Was January 6th an insurrection? I found that unsustainable. And I get that. I get that some of the opinion hosts on Fox are, in my opinion, way out there. Some, I think, are, are, are terrific. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. Whatever. Uh, but, yeah, some of it was out there. Um, but it's funny. It hadn't occurred to me with the clarity that it did to David Harsanyi what uh, what Chris Wallace did and how odd it is. Um I'll just skip ahead. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Fox News audiences might have believed there's something fishy about the 2020 presidential election and that Democrats have overstayed the importance of January 6th. Okay. Just as is it almost surely the case that a segment of those who tune into CNN or MSNBC, for that matter, believe, despite no evidence to substantiate such claims, that democracy was stolen by Russian gremlins in 2016 and minorities are being stopped from voting. Mm-hmm. As we've learned in recent years, some political conspiracy theories are acceptable in mainstream news, while others are not. Right. Yeah, wait a minute. Trumpeting day after day, week after week, that various states with completely reasonable voting laws, more liberal than they were two years ago, are somehow stopping black people from voting out of pure racism. You hear that sort of crap every day on your various CNNs and MSNBCs. Sure. But wait, there's more. Are the people who gave platforms to those who smeared Brett Kavanaugh as a rapist, a gang rapist, actually, like Michael Avenatti and Julie Swetnick, are they truth tellers? Are the people who went after Nick Sandman the truth tellers? Is Wallace's new colleague Rex Chapman a truth teller? Our former CIA head and frequent CNN guest John Brennan, who lied to the American people about spying on the Senate, former U.S. Director of National Intelligence, now CNN National Security Analyst James Clapper, who lied under oath to Congress about spying on the American people, and fired FBI Director, now CNN Law Enforcement Analyst Andrew McCabe, who lied to the FBI about illegal leaks. Are they truth-tellers? Then they go into the uh, you know the, the the Cuomo scandal and the rest of it, uh, and you know it's funny it, it hadn't really occurred to me with such clarity. But Chris, I get your discomfort with being in bed with some of the things that have been said on Fox News. I, I totally get it. But then you go to CNN, right? What? Right. Yeah, there, there's been a couple of hosts uh, leave the Fox world to go to the M- the NBCs of the world or the CBS of the world. That yeah, their record is not pristine by any m- measure. So I don't quite get it. Well, and and I would argue they've established their bona fides as being completely full of crap. I mean, in a way that Tucker Carlson only dreams of. He'd, he'd have to, <laughs> you know. I mean, they went on for years. Michael Avenatti. Thanks for the reminder of that. Good point. And, and, you know, it's, uh, for what it's worth, Matt Taibbi, who's a dyed in the wool liberal, he is 
enraged that so many of his brethren in the lefty media have so thoroughly in, uh, embraced spooks like Brennan and Clapper, who are everything the left has fought against for 75 years. But now, because they're anti-Trump, these people just climbed right in bed with them. It really is quite amazing. A lot of the Twitterverse is very angry that an African-American is now the largest stakeholder. That would be Elon Musk, the African-American, who is looking to change Twitter, I'm assuming, to be less woke. And he is now on the board of directors, and I'm sure... Can't wait to the first board of director meetings where I've got a question. How come the leader of Iran is still on our platform, but, you know, and then list people that aren't? Right. Yeah. Amen to that. That'll be a good one. Here, here. African-American Elon Musk. I'm not sure what we're doing next segment. I'm sure it'll be scintillating. But next hour, very happy to be introducing a brand new featurette entitled Clownifornia. Where we've collected stories from around the Golden State that that portray, that illustrate the state's decline into idiocy, uh, you know, in particular. So stay tuned or join us or grab the podcast later uh, at armstrongandgetty.com. What the hell is going on? There are Ukrainians coming across the border in Mexico, Russians coming into the country through Key West. And I've got this story. Seven in ten people consider their dog their best friend among other things that we can get to. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Get this, a a man in Germany is in trouble after he got 90 COVID vaccine shots so that he could sell forged vaccine cards. 90 doses. That guy could eat fried bat for dinner and be fine. And this is annoying. Even after 90 doses, the CDC says he'll probably need another booster in about four months. I like that joke. I like that joke. We talked yesterday, the Wall Street Journal had a good story about how so many of the CDC's own experts don't think people over 50 need another shot, but the CDC went ahead and recommended it anyway. All right. Whatever. Then you got uh, folks uh, writing in. They got a couple of middle schoolers at San Diego Unified School District. It's time for the masks to come off, and something like two-thirds of the kids are still wearing masks. Because they're just so used to covering their faces and hiding. Wow, that is something. I don't even know what to do with that. Um, Zelensky, president of Ukraine, speaking to the uh, UN and calling them out for like, what do you, what are you guys even for? Basically, uh, maybe we'll get to that in hour three of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Good question, Volodymyr. I recently started counting my steps that I take every single day. Well, I I don't count them myself. I I do. I have a pen and paper. And I count them as I, like, if I go get coffee, one, two, three, four, five, and I write them down at the end. Then I turn around and come back, one, two, three, four, I write it down again. Uh, my Apple Watch keeps track of me, track of it for me, and I haven't, I haven't known how many steps I ought to be. What, are, what should my goal be? And um, a whole bunch of different places I came across are people saying 10,000, and I thought, eh, it just seems like a heck of a coincidence to me that it's the round <laughs> number. You came sure. up with 10,000. <laughs> yeah. But and, people are into it. They get excited. And it's really not easy to get 10,000 steps in in a day. Well, anyway, there's a new study out 
that mortality risk is reduced by 50%. Morta- the risk of dying is really one of my top risks I want to eliminate. Absolutely. Ranks way right. up there. Mortality risk reduced by 50% for older adults who increased their daily steps from around 3,000 to around 7,000. They're calling 7,000 the magic number. Actually, the report in The Lancet, which is one of your top medical journals in the entire world, said 7,000 is the new 10,000. I think 10,000 was a number based on nothing. But they've now looked into it as so many people now have Apple Watches and Fitbits and all that sort of stuff for the first time ever. People are actually counting their steps on a regular basis. 7,000 is really the number, which is, uh, it sounds about right to me. If I have a busy day, I can get close to 7,000 and throw in a few more at the end of the day and get there. 10,000 is pretty hard to get to. In yeah, 7,000 is a day you've been pretty physically active. Yeah. and You've there. moved a lot. If you're younger, the benefits of daily walking actually level off around 9,000 9, steps. Um, so get to 9,000 and you're probably good if you're younger. If you're older, 7,000 is plenty. But, uh, mortality risk reduced 50%. Now, that's from people that are getting 3,000 or less. Um, You'd have to be relatively sedentary based on looking at my Apple Watch because just walking around at work, I get home in the middle of the day and I'm at 3,000 steps. And that's just Mm -hmm. from, you know, walking down the hall to get coffee and get something off the copier. So you ain't moving much. Now, does it say if I, like, walk to the Dairy Queen and get a big ice cream sundae and then walk to the liquor store and get some Jim Beam? That's plenty of steps. The Lancet, which, again, is a serious publication, said walking benefits nearly every cell in the body. It's wildly effective as an exercise. Walking strengthens your heart, improves bone density, relaxes your mind, helps with muscle building throughout your body, and pain management. So, there you go. My parents, who are very healthy for their age, um, they've been big walkers, geez, as far back as I can remember. From, geez, when we we, we were like junior high, high school, we'd eat dinner and go out and do the two-mile walk after dinner every night. Sometimes we'd go with them, sometimes we wouldn't, as lazy, you know, teenagers. (laughs) But they always went. Rain or shine, always have. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic. Hanson, get a treadmill in here. I'm going to start doing the show while walking on a treadmill. Be good for me. Hmm. Do you count your steps? I hope it won't be too loud or anything. Yeah, my my uh, my iPhone does. Oh, whether I want to or not, I don't always have it in my pocket, but I have it in my pocket enough that it's pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't know. To each their own. Maybe it would help you. Taking a look at it uh, every day helps me realize. Okay, I haven't done that much today. Maybe I'll you know maybe I'll take the dog for a longer walk or whatever and get a little closer to those steps. Reducing reducing mortality is the the goal. Yeah, that's right at the top of the list. Let me. I'm trying to figure out how do I figure out uh, yesterday. Ah, that's too much garbage. No, I don't want to buy that app. Uh, steps. Let's see. Yesterday, apparently, I was completely immobile yesterday. <laughs> or am I reading this wrong? I think I may be reading it wrong. Oh no! Yesterday, I was uh, six thousand steps. Yeah, good yeah, luck. That's with, not enough. Good luck with your mortality, dude. Oh, please! I'm as good as dead. That's shocking. Oh, where? The week. There you go. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Oh, please. I walked like a mother scratcher yesterday. 6,838. Nope, still not. Uh, oh, my God. 162 steps short of preventing mortality hmm. yesterday. So I'm close lucky to, I didn't die. So close to not dying. 
Uh, President Zelensky laying out for the U.N. Security Council the atrocities going on in Ukraine. There are plenty of them. It is really graphic. We don't know if we're going to air that or not. But also making an argument as to what the hell is the U.N. for if you're not going to stop this? Well, if the guys can turn it around in time, I'd love to hear that portion of it at least. And maybe we'll listen to the the more horrifying stuff off the air and decide if we want to air it. But, uh, you know, I... I think I want to err toward the side of reality. I don't want to make everybody miserable. You know, maybe we can work in this story as well. Guy on a Southwest Airlines flight from Seattle to Phoenix, pleasuring himself. Wait, wait, wait. Pleasuring himself twice. I mean, I'm sorry. Did I say twice? Three. Oh, three times. Please, you're an amateur. Four times. Four times who was between Seattle and Phoenix. Who was doing the counting, or did he offer up that information? <laughs> Is there somebody nearby saying, and that's two? Honey, keep track. That's two. The poor gal sitting next to him. Oh, jeez. Now, one might ask the question. I'm not saying you should, but you might ask the question. After the first time. I wouldn't sit through one, but the fact that you went ahead and <laughs> said, you know what? Damage he's, is done. Surely he's done now. He's masturbated once. I can enjoy the flight to beautiful Phoenix in peace. Wait a minute. What? A, again? How long a Four flight times. was this? That's well, pretty Seattle impressive. To Phoenix, uh, Seattle to Phoenix is barely two hours. Aside from being a degenerate, that's pretty impressive. Y- y- certain details are not clear to me, and I'm not going to go any further than that. Right. Um. To what extent did she he, uh, did nah, she did she enough. go to the flight attendant or anything or ask to switch seats? Can I switch seats? This guy's on his fourth round of masturbation. <laughs> well, that's what she said. Evidently, you'd think after one, you'd be pretty insistent. And I feel like I need a free Dr. Pepper because I had to sit next to a guy who pulled the hat trick and then went for another. Yeah. And the whole can, by the way, please. Uh, yeah. Evidently, she didn't complain until he fell asleep. And who can blame him? <laughs> If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.